Welcome to Real Herbals and Radio, show 210, recorded in beautiful Eugene, Oregon. Today's show is brought to you by the Herbal Nerd Society. They make it possible for us to do what we do. I want to thank every one of you for supporting us. If you'd like to join the Herbal Nerd Society and offer your support, go over to thepracticalherbalist.com. Up in the banner, you're going to see a join button. Click that and proceed. Now, on with the show. Plants offer us a wealth of healing. Emotional, physical, and spiritual transformation resides in so many of our herbal allies. We can tap into many levels of healing for ourselves and our clients, family, and friends, so long as we're open to the possibilities. Today, we're talking with Justin Ehrlich, practitioner of classical Chinese medicine and licensed acupuncturist about tuning into healing and self-transformation through the natural world. Now, here are your hosts, Candace Hunter and Susie Lupe. I'm Candace Hunter. And I'm Sue Sierra Lupe. And, and welcome, welcome to, to Real Herbalism Radio. Welcome back, Justin. Thank you. Glad to be back. Yeah. So you've got you you I've looked at your website and you have a lot of things that you use to help people heal. I was pretty amazed. <laughs> I have a, a pretty big toolbox, yes. Yeah. So you don't yes. have any free time to yourself, it sounds like. You just keep on not, getting more certifications. Not a whole lot. <laughs> well, I'm not so much into the certification side of things, but the learning part of it, I am uh, definitely an eternal nerd, and oh. I love learning. So I, hear I, I seem to not stop studying. That's for sure. Yeah, that is our lot in life for sure. So tell me, how did you get involved in this multifaceted learning healing? Well. Chinese medicine by its nature is a medicine of uh, unified theory, if you will, where we look at the human experience as the integration of physical, emotional, and spiritual. And so all healing has to, by default, sort of include all three levels. And that doesn't necessarily mean that if you sprain your ankle, we need to do some deep spiritual journey to figure out why you sprained your ankle, but it means we're always looking at what's going on with the person on all three levels to make sure that we're not missing anything and we're trying to integrate as much as possible. That makes sense. And I mean, honestly, if it's your fifth sprain in the last five years, you might want to start questioning why you keep spraining your ankle. Exactly. And, you know, the the spiritual side of things is is often more intimately related with really chronic or recurrent things than it is the random stuff. And and some people would extrapolate if you were in the wrong place at the wrong time, there's a deeper spiritual meaning for that. But um, I don't tend to go there that much for random things. But when there's a recurrence, definitely it's something we want to start to, uh, to investigate. Um, and probably the, the, biggest part of Chinese medicine is that we can use the emotional to help heal the physical. We can use the physical to help heal the emotional. We can use the physical to help with the spiritual. It's the the idea that you can work with any one of those modalities to influence the other part of the body um, is really one of the central themes of Chinese medicine. Hmm. Yeah. One of the things that I've noticed is that even when it's like 
it is a random in- injury and it truly is just a random injury. Sometimes it'll end up touching on something that's actually been sitting there waiting to be mm-hmm. explored. And then once you start exploring it, yeah, the random in- injury clears up and all of that, like one would have expected, but then other pains and thing problems, chronic problems begin to clear up or move. You feel the motion starting. Yeah. And the, the other side of it would be that, you know, if a a person presents with really chronic emotional struggles and they're not intrinsically inclined to be doing psychotherapy and being in touch with their emotions and articulating everything that's going on in that inner world, but they happen to be very physically active, we can use the physical body to help treat the emotional experience Mm -hmm. via Chinese medicine. So we're not limited to just doing psycho-emotional work with the person. We can actually treat the emotional body via the physical body um, as well. And that's part of its, its global theory of how those three facets of the human experience are interrelated. And that kind of taps into a little bit of how you use herbs and plants to reach those three areas. Exactly. Exactly. And it really does depend on how the person is presenting. And, you know, when we're looking at um, within the paradigm of Chinese medicine, when we're looking at pathology, uh, we are trying to separate the pathology from the physiology of the person, what their natural response to that pathology is, and sort of what their learned behaviors are, and all of those other factors that are influencing the journey back to healing. And we try to use herbal medicine, um, in this case, to tap into the parts of them that are well-developed because they'll be more likely to heal using something they're good at than using something they're not as good at, if you will. So, um, so like for an example, let's say you have two different people who are two, two I'll say women, to, uh-huh. to make it easier, two women who both have migraines. And the migraines uh-huh. for both of them occur in the same place of their in their heads or very similar, similar, a lot of similar things about them. One of the women is... Um, tiny, wiry, very intellectual, that sort of type of a person. And the other woman is much larger, rounder. She might be two or three times literally in size than the the first woman. Um, Mm -hmm. And she's just, she's robust doing, working with like raising children or gardening or whatever, something physical. Mm -hmm. They would each have different, you'd have different approaches, right? Yeah, absolutely. That is really the hallmark of Chinese medicine is that you treat the person, not the disease. So when 100 people come to me for migraines, even if all of their migraines are temporal, right on the side of their head, and it's where they all get it, it's still 100 different people. And there might be some overlap, but you treat the person, not the disease. Right. Right. So Um, like our, in our example, the robust person, she might be a lot less comfortable with thinking about intellectualizing her emotions. She might mm -hmm. be more comfortable with something that's a physical motion or 
Yeah. And yeah, and you could say on a on a physical level, the more robust person could handle more aggressive draining treatments in general, mm-hmm. and the tinier person would more likely need more nourishing, supportive treatments based on their just physical constitution. What's a draining treatment? Uh, detoxification, things that promote the body to break things down and expel them. So that can be urination, bowel movement, sweating, those sorts of modalities where some plants would be more restorative in nature. You think of plants that help to restore hormones in the body, build blood versus draining inflammation. So the last time that you were here, we talked a little bit about um, white peony root mm-hmm. as being a, a moving the blood, but a little bit more building. And if I remember right, that was uh, dandelion root was the one that we talked about that's similar but very draining. Is that did I remember correctly? <laughs> so white, so peony root in in Chinese medicine, we use both white peony and red peony. Those are um, totally different plants. And like, the, isn't one a tree? Isn't one sorry? a tree? Isn't isn't the like the white the, the white is the little guy, and then the red peony is the is almost like a tree the, or a shrub, right? The root, um, the roots are similar in terms of their their look, and I'm used to working with the the dried plant material versus the the plants the plant in nature. Itself, okay. So, um, but it's the root of the of the plant and the red peony is slightly colder and has a bigger impact on moving the blood um, where the, the, that would be the red peony. The white peony would be more of a tonic to nourish the blood, to build back the blood. Right. It is part of a classic uh, formula in Chinese medicine for, and basically for anemia, if you will, mm-hmm. um, to build back blood, um, a major part of women's health formulas. And dandelion, on the other hand, is a very strong detoxifier and is used for heat, inflammation, congestion in the liver. And they both go to the liver because the liver stores a lot of blood, but the dandelion would be much more for reducing inflammation and helping the body to detoxify, where the peony would be more to help restore and nourish the liver. Yeah. So when we're looking at our two migraine women with migraines, the one who's really robust, she might be able to be handle the dandelion roots, really strong moving energy. Whereas the smaller woman, the first woman who has the lighter, smaller physique and is more intellectual in general, might be more comfortable with the white peony root moving and nourishing, but not draining things away too quickly. Yeah, that, yeah, that would be okay. that would be one way to look at it for sure. Well, dandelion's yeah. a diuretic and it has high potassium, high minerals, so it can can encourage urination. I guess that's part of that that your guys are talking the about the draining part. Yeah. Exactly. Draining part. Yeah. 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 Right. Okay. Yeah. While replenishing it, the electrolytes. Yeah, when we're when we're trying to detoxify the body, we're trying to get the body to go through some sort of healing catharsis to break down a pathogen or some sort of inflammatory process or infection, we need to be able to flush that out of the body in some way. And so the, the, 
the two most common ways that we do that is either via bowel movements or urination. Mm -hmm. So we take an herb and we go to the bathroom more, um, basically, as part of that healing process. So what are people getting rid of? What are they detoxing? Can be any number of things. The the language of Chinese medicine um, is, of course, archaic or ancient. And so they use the language of cold and damp and heat and wind as ways to describe pathology. Um, but we can look at it as far as infections or buildup of plaque in the body, breakdown of tumors or cysts, um, physical substances, phlegm, those sorts of things that build up within the system. Mm-hmm. Um all depending on which language you would like to use to describe it. Mm-hmm. Because I'm trained in Chinese medicine, I will describe it as heat and damp, wind, cold, those sorts of, of languages. Hmm. Right. When I think of, when I think of, we start talking about detoxifying, um, there's been over the last couple of decades in just modern pop culture, there's this idea that you have all these toxins, which are, hurting you and the the way that it's been verbalized and it's been done in like mainstream culture makes it sound like you've just like maybe i don't know consumed motor oil i don't even know i mean they make it sound so horrible and i think yeah those things are very bad for us but a lot of them are the chemicals that are just the natural byproducts and waste products from life experience you have stress your body goes through fight or flight, your adrenaline's in there, and then that breaks down in your liver. It gets more toxic, then it gets less toxic as your liver's breaking it down and putting it through the different chemical iterations so that it can then eliminate it. And yeah, that's yeah, I mean, waste. I just think of that as exactly. just, that's waste. Exactly. We can look at our, um, in Chinese medicine, each of the acupuncture channels represent a concept beyond just the physical pathway on the body of where the the acupuncture points are located. Stomach acupuncture channel is a great lesson for us in terms of understanding this idea of toxicity and detoxification and digestion and the relationship. Um, the primary channel of the of the stomach channel, the primary pathway goes from beneath the eyes, goes by the nose, by the mouth, um, to the ear, to the brain, and then it goes down the throat and into the actual stomach. And the stomach gives us this, this lesson that we can kind of attach to is that anything that we see, smell, taste, hear, or think, we have to take in, break down into its subcomponents, extract some degree of nourishment from it, and then let go of that which does not serve us. And anything from any one of those sensory experiences that doesn't nourish us and we hold on to it becomes something that is toxic in our body and builds up. And we want to be able to have this smooth digestive process where we're constantly taking in experiences from life and letting go of everything that we don't need. But it takes a certain amount of our energy to break things down into their subcomponents and to make sure that we don't get constipated, if you will, mm-hmm. with those experiences. Right. Um, Otherwise known as so, burnout. 
Exactly. Yeah. And so detox in Chinese medicine is really detoxification of life in a much bigger way than just thinking of, did I drink too much wine or did I eat too much drive through Mexican food here in San Diego or did I <laughs> use the wrong cleaning supplies when I was cleaning the bathroom the other day or something like that? Right. It's a, a much bigger uh, picture of how do we sort of let go of the things in our life that aren't serving us. And the plants, as we address the physical aspect, the plants can help us look at not just is my you know, liver okay? Is my stomach feeling good? Is, is the migraine going away? But that they can also help us shift if we're willing to let them, they can help us shift into recognizing how you can reshape or change how you're interacting with your life to better support Ex your health. Exactly. And by identifying where in that cascade of detoxification you get stuck versus where I get stuck or someone else gets stuck, we can start to see where we can work with ourselves personally so that we don't continue to get stuck there. Right. Yeah. Like in our and example, that, we might find that our intellectual woman actually just has a hard time with the digestion portion because she likes to be in her head. So that's a lot of stuff to process. Whereas the, the more robust woman may have a harder time with saying no to the many, 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 many things. Exactly. Exactly. And so then you can begin the process of trying to unravel why is it hard to be more present with the physical stuff or why is it hard to say no and how can we work with supporting that process so that the need to accumulate isn't as necessary um and that becomes part of the cultivational journey around healing a, what would be seemingly just a headache you know right. yeah so in a, in in addition to taking the herbs that are right for you, you know, what, which, whomever you, whichever woman you happen to be, what were some of, what are some of the practices that you suggest while you're taking your herbs? Well, part of the process is learning to see what the triggers are, what causes symptoms to arise. Um, and so we, we begin the process of sort of mindful awareness of what's happening in our life and what it is that we're reacting to and why it is that we react to those things. Um, so that we can learn and, you know, part of that mindfulness journey is breaking free from judgment. So when we are working to sort of integrate the cultivational side of healing with the physical side of healing, you have a person who, who gets recurrent headaches or migraines and they can take their their herbal tea to, to treat the physical symptoms that are showing up. But the, the other side of the journey would be to begin to bring some mindfulness to that journey and understand what happened that started the symptoms when they do start to begin to study that and catch somebody walked into the room and I got my headache. I yeah. was stuck in traffic and I got my headache. I ate this food and I got my headache. Um, I didn't get enough sleep and I got this headache. And we just try to observe what is triggering the event without judgment because mm -hmm. we'll sometimes we'll 
say, oh, well, I shouldn't react in the way that I'm reacting. And, and we just want to begin to observe mm-hmm. with yeah. a degree of neutrality. Oh, when I eat this food, I react. When I am around this person, I react. When I'm in these sorts of situations, I react in this particular way and get my headache. And we want to begin to understand what those patterns are, the what. So then we can begin to question the why. And we can hopefully begin to heal whatever underlying mechanism is there so that we don't continue to get the what, which would be the headache. Yeah, that makes a Um, lot of sense. A lot of it is that breaking down of the what and the why and really separating them out without judgment. And do you use, I know the last time you were here, we talked a little bit about using essential oils on acupuncture um, points to help. Mm -hmm. Do you use that to help with this process too, as opposed to, or in addition to taking teas or herbs? Yeah. Yeah. I use essential oils quite a bit. I use teas quite a bit. Um, I try to rely less on physical acupuncture with me in general, simply because I want people to be more self-dependent, more independent, and not coming to me to think that I'm the one that's doing the the treatment or the healing. Right. Um, And so I would rather see somebody in my office less frequently and have them be putting some oils on themselves and doing the personal observation while they drink their tea than to come see me and get a treatment. Um, But depending on how severe symptoms are, I may see people more often um, just because the physical symptoms need some, some extra support at that particular time. Like backaches or like headaches as we would use. Yeah. And it can be a, an acute flare of an autoimmune disease, you know, mm-hmm. acute infections, those sorts of things. Sometimes we need to see people more frequently um, for more support just because the nature of the pathology is a little more aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's not too aggressive and it's something they can be present with, then I, I'm always trying to encourage my patients to not come see me. Um, that's that's almost like it's the opposite of what we in America at least have created as our medicine medicine paradigm, where we are constantly in America taught to empower the doctors and the nurses and the professionals to tell you what to do and to heal your problems. You go to yeah. the therapist to tell you what to do to heal your problems. And, and you take the magic pills for that. And what you're talking about is wanting people to hold the power in their own hands and not give it up. Well, and ultimately, I mean, that really is actually the only possibility in my worldview. I'm not John of God. I'm not a faith <laughs> healer, right? I right. don't have this divine capacity to lay hands on people and make things go away any more than any other human has that capacity, which I think we all have that capacity. But the way that I work with people is really for, for myself it is a path of them healing themselves. And I'm just a facilitator in that, um, trying to give them tools to put in their toolbox. Yeah. I think in Western herbalism, we run into that a lot. We have a patient or visitor or client, whatever your terminology is, they come in mm-hmm. and they've got a shoebox full of herbal supplements. They're like, oh, which, what should I add to it now? Ooh, I'm not sure that's the question you need to be asking, my friend. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly. More tools is not always better. It's it's personal growth from using a tool. Mm -hmm. It's the 
sort of like where we put our focus is just slightly different and yet it makes a big difference because it's not about the tool it's about the personal growth and the tool is just something to help us get there right and then we shouldn't need the tool anymore mm-hmm. Hopefully. we should be able to graduate right right um and that is part of the sort of philosophical side of Chinese medicine is how do we support growth out of the suffering of disease? Mm-hmm. Yes, because honestly, I mean, disease does, it's like a giant sign pointing to an area of opportunity for you. Mm-hmm. You're smart yeah. enough to use it. Yeah. Or yeah, and, you know, some diseases are very aggressive and, and very scary. You know, you have yeah. a diagnosis of cancer, you have a diagnosis of an, a degenerative autoimmune disease, and it's very frightening based on all the cultural programming we've been around and and all of that sort of stuff. And so we don't want to take it too lightly and just tell people, well, you need to heal yourself. And at the <laughs> same time, we want to sort of gently support them in the direction of true empowerment and faith in their own capacity to heal. Yeah. Um, and I think that really is the part of that's missing in medicine. You know, I certainly if somebody comes to me for pain and I treat them for pain and the pain goes away and they think I healed them using acupuncture or Chinese herbs instead of taking opioids is a huge improvement. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really still the same medical system at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just a different set of tools and it's a better set of tools, but true healing is about the journey of the person also. You know, yeah. maybe I'm doing some sort of treatment and I'm prescribing some medicines, but um what makes classical medicine a little different is that that involvement of the person themselves. Mm. Wow, that's a that's a good Good reminder, I think, for all of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I would just want to thank you from the bottom of our little pea-picking hearts <laughs> for being here with us and sharing your wisdom and um, sharing your time. So tell us, Justin, where can people reach you? The best place to reach me is on my website, mm-hmm. which is my name. It's justinerlich.com. Um you spell that E H? Yes, it is. J U S T I N E H R L I C H. Okay, great. And I know you're on social media as well. Yeah, I'm on. You can find me on Facebook or LinkedIn and and those places as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got some recordings up on SoundCloud and YouTube, so you can listen to some of the recordings of stuff that I've spoken about before as well. Um, oh, cool! But the best place to find me is on on my website. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Again. Yeah. Thank you so much for being with us again. You're as very always. welcome. Thank you so much for having me. All right. And all as always, put an herb on it. <laughs> the statements made about herbs and products on this podcast have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration (FDA) and are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All information provided on this podcast or any affiliated websites is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare professional. You should not use the information on this podcast and its affiliated websites for a diagnosis or treatment of any health problem. 
always consult with healthcare professional before starting any new vitamins, supplements, diet, or exercise program before taking any medication, or if you have or suspect you might have a health problem. Any testimonials, questions, or case studies are based on individual results and do not constitute a guarantee that you will achieve the same results.